Hello, thanks for joining me. I'm recording this talk at home the day after it was actually given uh, the first time at NCF. And so as you'd normally expect me to be talking to the congregation a little bit, there won't be any of that in this talk. At the moment, we're thinking about the fruit of the Spirit and how important they are. Over the last few weeks, we've learned about various things. We've thought about love. We've thought about joy, peace, patience, kindness and goodness. And today, in this talk, we're thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. Being faithful means being trustworthy and dependable. If you're faithful, people will see you as reliable. But I've found, probably like you, that these characteristics don't just happen overnight. If I've only recently met a person, then I don't know if they're faithful or not. It's only over a period of a few months or even years that you work out if a person is dependable, when circumstances are tricky, for example. It doesn't matter what is going on. People who are faithful are always there for you. They're loyal. We're all human though, and sometimes we get things wrong. We might say something bad to someone we love or do something we wouldn't normally do, and it's not great at all. People can feel disappointed then. The person who failed can of course also feel terrible. All of this is true with regard to our relationship with God too. Sometimes we don't always think, do or say things that honour God. This morning I want to address these thoughts. One phrase you'll hear me say a few times this morning is, get back to Jesus. Earlier in the service we heard a reading from Psalm 51 and that was getting back to Jesus. But let's just go through some thoughts on faithfulness. And no doubt you'll hear me say that phrase, get back to Jesus, several times. Faithfulness. It's the Greek word pistis, and that means to be persuaded or to come to trust. I find that it's God's divine persuasion and, dis and, dis and it is distinct from human confidence and belief, and yet it involves this. A couple of thousand years ago, in a secular sphere, if you talked about pistis, it would be a guarantee or a warranty. And so in scripture, faith is God's warranty, certifying that the revelation he birthed in us will come to pass in his way. The people who wrote the New Testament often speak about faith and faithfulness. For example, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, we read this in the Amplified Version. Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, for divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical means, or physical senses rather. And in the message, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. 
Paul the Apostle also talks quite a bit about faithfulness and often he lists his faithful friends. Here's two verses from 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 7 and 8. It's the New Living Translation. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who are eagerly look forward to his appearing. Well, I say to that, well done, Paul. But sometimes I might be like that, thinking, yes, I've been faithful for the last half an hour or the last day. But then things happen where I think I haven't been faithful. But I still want to hear God say to me, well done, good and faithful servant, when I see him. And that makes me want to say, God, is there still hope for me that you will say, welcome, good and faithful servant, when I meet him? In this talk, I could easily go talk about so many different things that would make us think, yes, if we're super Christians, then we can be faithful. But I want to pick out four examples from the Bible, four examples of real faith in the Bible. And so hopefully you'll be encouraged as you listen to this talk. The first person, Peter. If we read some of the examples that are on the PowerPoint slide, you'll see that there's one, uh, especially Matthew 26, 69 to 75, where he is just denied Jesus. Jesus predicted that this was happening. And he said, no, no, that's never going to happen. But it did. And afterwards, it says, he sobbed afterwards. He had deep feelings of shame. He'd pledged to be faithful to Jesus, but he hadn't been. One of the Greek words there, kleo, it means to express uncontainable and audible grief. It's to cry like a child. You're not trying to cover anything up or to think about social niceties. You're really crying. There's another Greek word there in the New Testament, pikros, and that adds depth to the crying. It was violent. It was grief. A few days later, Peter meets Jesus and they have a conversation that perhaps you remember where Jesus talks about loving. A few days after that, he's standing with the eleven on the day of Pentecost. The other eleven are with him and saying, yeah, by our actions, we're standing with you. You might have denied Jesus, but you've got back to Jesus and you're preaching now and we're standing with you. So as Peter got back to Jesus, that is such an encouragement to us that if we feel we failed, we can get back to Jesus too. I watch a lot of films, I don't know if you do, and sometimes I think, oh, what would it be like if I managed to produce some of my own films what about if I produced a film trilogy would you be interested in watching it if I had three titles like this escaped Tarshish the Moby effect delayed mission do you think that's a story that you'd be interested in watching if it was a trilogy of course in the bible we can think about Jonah 
he definitely had all of these film titles in his life. God said, go to Nineveh and preach for me. He decided to go to Tarshish. The Moby effect. We know what happened, a big fish, a whale or something like that. And then his life was turned round. He got back to Jesus. And so there was a delayed mission, but the mission took place, even if it wasn't cheerfully. Get back to Jesus, Jonah, just like we should. Third person, Abraham. You might remember that God promised that he'd have descendants upon descendants. But he and his wife Sarah were very old. There's laughter in Genesis chapter 17 and 18. But there's two types of laughter, the scholars tell us. First of all, Abraham laughs with joy. Really, God? That's incredible. But just a chapter later, Sarah laughs with contempt. Really, God? That's too incredible. But God says that nothing is too difficult for him to do. And so by the time we get to Genesis chapter 21, we hear that Isaac has been born just at the time that God said he would be. And that's brilliant because nothing is too difficult for God. Abraham, Sarah, they got back to Jesus. They believed what he said, even though it seemed so big, so amazing. They got back to Jesus and God sorted things out so that Isaac was born. Get back to Jesus. How about a fourth brief example as well? When we read about 2 Samuel in chapter 11 and 12, we think about King David. In those chapters, we read about the adultery he committed, and then, to make it even worse, the murder that he committed too, to cover up the adultery. In the service, you would have heard read Psalm 51, where David is saying, O oh Lord, I'm so sorry. I've got it wrong. I've just been sinful. Will you forgive me? Will you create in me a clean heart? And then in Acts chapter 13, we read how David was a man after God's own heart. He got back to Jesus. He got back to his first love. He was sorry. He said, oh God, I've committed adultery. I've committed murder. Lord, will you forgive me? He got back to Jesus and his life was turned around. There are four brief examples from the Bible, but what about real examples of faith today? That's you and me. We have real examples of faith in our lives too. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, as I've mentioned before, Sometimes things just don't go right. There's been a saying over the last few years, keep calm and carry on. And although there's an ounce of truth in that saying, really the best advice from the Bible is get back to Jesus. Don't run from Jesus. Don't try to hide from Jesus when things go badly. Get back to Jesus. Spend more time with him. Read the Bible more, pray more, be with other Christians more often when things have gone wrong. Saturate yourself with Jesus' presence. 
Sometimes all we need to do is pray a simple prayer like David did, like in the psalm, Psalm 51, that we heard earlier. Lord, I'm sorry that I've been daft. Help me to make restitution where it needs to be made. Change me, God. Help me to get back to you and not stay out on a limb trying to do things in my own strength. You know, Jesus is our safe place, not a place of condemnation and pointing the finger. Jesus restores us. So, let's get back to Jesus. We've already heard Hebrews 11. Here's a couple of verses from the chapter after that. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority and the completion of his work. Several times over these last few weeks as we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we've been saying that God calls us to a relationship with him that is intel intentional, diligent and disciplined. It is not casual at all. When we think about Hebrews 12, this just reinforces that again. Because whoever wrote the book of Hebrews is telling us, lay aside stupid stuff, run the race, look to Jesus. The writer is saying, in effect, be faithful. Last week we heard from Nick that we should do the right thing and not do the wrong thing. I've found that being faithful isn't only doing the right thing. Being faithful is also getting back to doing the right thing after you've done the wrong thing. Why should we be faithful though? Here's some verses from the Old Testament. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 from the Revised Standard Version. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Why should we be faithful? Because God is faithful. What was happening at the time that the book of Lamentations was written? The people needed to know that God was faithful. Jerusalem had just been destroyed. The temple had been desecrated and burnt. And the people of God had been sent into exile in Babylon because they had been unfaithful to God. The book of Lamentations is telling us that the people of God might be unfaithful, but God never is. At the end of Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6, it says this, Be strong, take courage, don't be intimidated, don't give them a second thought, because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. That's from the message. In 
The next chapter, chapter 32, this is the New American Standard Bible now. Ascribe greatness to our God the Rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and just is he. Can you remember what was going on at the end of the book of Deuteronomy? The Israelites had just wandered around the wilderness for 40 years because of their unfaithfulness. What a, a journey that could have taken just two weeks, took 40 years because the Israelites decided to be unfaithful to God. But God is saying to them, in the next few days, you're going to be going into the promised land. You're going to be seeing things that you just couldn't even imagine. Things I've prepared for you. I am faithful. I am always faithful. I will be with you. Eugene Peterson once said this. Faithfulness is a long obedience in the same direction. And that's what God is calling us to do. To be obedient. To keep going at it. We all have priorities in our lives. And for many of us at the moment with a cost of living crisis... We're tending to think a lot more about our money and perhaps having to cancel things because of the different priorities that need to be met. We're going to be need to be faithful and passionate about the things that really matter to us, however we're feeling or the circumstances that we're going through. God says, get back to Jesus. In the early chapters, of the book of Revelation, Jesus talks to seven prominent churches at the time. And in chapter 3, he talks to the church in Laodicea. They were lukewarm about God. They neither really hated God or ignored him, nor passionately loved him. Jesus was saying to them, get back to me. And I want to encourage you today as well. Get back to Jesus. Let's be faithful in the way we serve and worship God. If you were at the service, you would have heard the first song in the service went like this. Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams in my darkest hour. You are the Lord of all I am, so won't you reign in me again? I think that's a very radical prayer of consecration to God. We're asking him to reign in us so that his faithfulness will be seen in our faithfulness. We want to ask God to get to help us to get back to him so that whenever we slip, God will still be magnified and glorified in our thoughts, our words and our actions. We want people to, that meet us to know that we are trustworthy, reliable and dependable. And God will surely give us the strength and desire to be faithful people, to make good choices as we get back to Jesus. I want to encourage you, get back to Jesus, follow him, be wholehearted in the way that you follow him today. <laughs>